0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk.
1: You're welcome back to The Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock. And I'm delighted to say that joining me here uh, in studio in Cork for the Thursday interview this week, Jimmy Barry Murphy. Uh, Jimmy, listen, it's a real pleasure. Thanks Thank a million for coming
0: into us. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Um... I mentioned earlier in advance of you coming up, um, kind of by way of, of of teasing people, that we had a guest who who Roy
0: Keane described as their sporting hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Actually, Roy, I think Roy helped bring me back into the limelight. And, uh, after after he mentioned that on soccer Monday Night Soccer, I think. Yeah. He mentioned that and uh, got loads of calls and texts and went viral. I think after that. So. I was, it must be lovely, though, is it to hear uh, someone like that?
1: It was oh, lovely. actually I was hero. thrilled
0: I must say I was, was over on the point actually in my local And uh, Where's your local? Mox it's Bar in okay. Bandon Road so our local bar where all my mate's from Bar's lads go a uh, good friend of mine Don Ellis owns it so I was in there and uh, we had it on but it was sound it was turned down after the game so I think <laughs> Roy mentioned that and uh, then my phone started beeping and uh, the lads rewound and we watched it and oh, we got a bit of stick. it was good laugh though um, Who's your sporting hero? Who's your sporting hero? there wasn't a lottery I, I, when I was growing up I didn't have a lot, any singular hero like that uh, I admired a huge amount of sports people because I suppose I am a sports fanatic and I went to see an awful lot of sports events in Cork over the years But soccer uh, GA rugby I was a fanatic for all those games so mm. I'd have had a lot of a lot awful lot of local heroes uh, both in GA and in soccer in particular uh, on the local scene oh, I, followed well, Cork, I followed Cork Celtic for many years and yeah. it was the, 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 the fantastic year of Cork soccer when Cork-Hibs and Cork-Celtic were at, the, at their prime and there was two teams in the city and there was great rivalry and uh, I followed some great players in, those, that, in that era. What, what, what was the attitude of, of, of people kind of jumping
1: between those sports at the time? Because, you know, in some places there might have been a bit of an attitude of, you know, you, you, you're, you're of the rugby set or the soccer set or the GAA set.
0: Yeah, particularly when I was reared in a family where GAA was very much the the dominant game yeah. or football and I wasn't into soccer that because the band was their time and I don't know I was never I went to soccer match so I wasn't really in, never upholding the band or anything like yeah. that that's why I didn't play soccer until the band went and uh, an awful lot of my friends were the same and uh, we were just mixing around playing every different sport so I knew every other I knew all the players of my year in rugby and soccer and quite growing up in athletics so we all met around town you knew them very well different year at that time and uh, you yeah. know, it was before the era of social media and mobile phones and that. So we'd all meet in the same establishments in town and get to know each other and grow up together really, I suppose. Yeah. So.
1: And it's great today. Kids growing up today now play everything. Um,
0: yeah, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I made that comment recently. I did a piece with uh, Mihal Martin de the recently, a podcast. Yeah. And I was mentioning that, that I love to see kids, children, uh, boys and girls playing various sports. And then they find their own level and, uh, you know, they make great friends. I know it's a cliche, but... Everybody doesn't, everybody doesn't get to play at the highest level with Cork or with Manchester United or whatever level you're at. You find your own level and you enjoy that. And people playing junior beer, junior hurling with their club, like my club, St. Finbars, I see them coming into the local after winning their competition and they get as much kick out of it as the senior players do. Mm. And that's the way I think that's fantastic. And particularly for young people, both boys and girls, I love seeing them playing soccer and camogie and hurling football. And boxing is huge you now as well with a lot of young girls but Camogie and soccer are huge now and Yeah, ladies football they're all huge factors when I was growing up it was almost of. I mean Camogie was there but it was to the extent it was now yeah. and I'd ladies t- soccer has taken off completely of yeah. course
1: our own club we're in the Camogie I'm going to give a shout out to them the Borough <laughs> are in the Camogie uh, All-Ireland the club All-Ireland uh, on the 17th against the Sarsfields uh, from Galway Beat yeah. Sarsis from Cork, actually, in the other <laughs> semi-final. Right. Um, so, and it's great. Listen, there's buses being organised up from the club and it's brilliant. And I'm in about 10 different WhatsApp groups trying to organise uh, different uh, that's mentors that's... and buses and all of that. And when I was growing up playing with the club, I mean, the, uh, the Camogie team were absolutely the poor relation. You absolutely. know what I mean? They, they, they had nobody going to matches. They were struggling to get players to go to matches. I mean, it's it's remarkable how much
0: all that has changed. It's remarkable. And when I, when I go to my own club there at the weekend on Saturdays and there's a fabulous all-weather area, and the motor work that's going into Gaelic football and Coggy, it's phenomenal to see the kids out there playing. It's massive numbers and uh, all the clubs are the same. And, you know, you've seen ladies football with the soccer team this last couple of years. The evolution that yeah. that has taken is phenomenal. Now, the, the financial supports for them are never, what they are, are still not anywhere near what they should be compared yeah. to men's sports. But it's, the numbers playing are fantastic and it can only be good for young people. And, and that, that's
1: important as well of playing different games. Not only, I guess, you have different social groups, and as you say, you're making friends, and you find your own interests and level. I think people are starting to appreciate as well that one lends itself to the other. I, I was talking to Michael Darren McCauley last night, an amazing basketball player, and yeah. we we'll talk about how how it helped him. Uh, playing football, and you can see it in the style of football he would have played you can as of well. Course, yeah. and
0: he was very, very effective at what he did for Dublin and yeah. the role he played. He he managed to integrate a lot of basketball, I, basketball skills into. And
1: I think there's an appreciation of that, isn't there? I that, think there that, is. I, I think, think a lot of all, pre- playing all these other sports will actually help you
0: with Wait, the, 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 your main sport. You saw as Liam were. McHale with the uh, Mayo and Banlan yeah. playing basketball, fabulous basketball player, and he brought all those skills. I know quite a few intercount or intercounty football even club teams have used basketball coaches to, for some sessions to help them with their their uh, passing ability of the ball and their, their awareness of position and, yeah. their, and the quick transition of play it is fantastic to watch and that is a lot of his down to like Michael Darren McCauley in a new style of play but he was a fabulous player and obviously he was able to use, integrate both skills into his game set. How, well, how would you describe the state then as senior Gaelic football at the moment? A lot of the football you see isn't very attractive to watch. Yeah. Let's be, I have to be honest and say that some of the matches you go to can be really hard work but then you, you get to see the big games and um, you see like uh, Dublin and Kerry for example and the two semi-finals this year were exceptionally uh, entertaining games I loved every minute of it. I thought they were fabulous games but unfortunately a lot of the games you go to watch up to the st- until the Croke Park stage yeah. is not as attractive as I'd like it and to be and even at club level it's I, I, terrible I, to watch some of it I, I struggle to watch some I of too. matches I mean I now. must say I love football still I've never ever lost my love of Gaelic football from when I was playing myself with Cork and you know I think it's a great sport played well but the over the over uh, dependence on the defensive side of the game and the withdrawal of 14 and 15 players back into your own half is absolutely crazy and you know I, I don't get it I think well, and then when you go to Croke Park and for whatever reason it's because of the the space or the, they'll tell me the pitches are all the same size it may be but when you get to Croke Park that system does not work and very few teams I think uh, will win all Ireland's with that total dependence on defensive setup. I think Dovell have proved yeah. that to be fair to me, and Kerry as well.
1: Yeah, isn't it funny that they say that, that the, the, the dimensions <laughs> of Crow Park are not that different, but it, it, whatever it does to people's heads, you yeah, must I know I'm more than know anyone I else. Thought,
0: but I mean, I, I've been on the sideline with Crockham Crow Park in the modern Crow Park, and it's a different world from Turles or Parky yeah, TV, it's It's just a different world. It's very hard to describe, and people will tell me all this thing about the dimensions, but the surface is so good there. The whole ambience and the surroundings are so—it's massive. It's just a different world up there, and it's something that some people find hard to adjust to when they get there. Uh, you mentioned Parky Queef. I, I mean, how proud
1: are you of of, of Parky Queef now—the modern iteration? It wasn't without kind of its detractors and criticism and the project.
0: Yeah, the, in, I mean, in and of I, I know going back in time, and I remember Don Low Cusick discussing this and having making a lot of criticism of yeah. of, of the fact that. It, it, it wasn't a good idea. And I can see enough that I merit nobody was saying in fairness to him, because unless the facility is used more often, it's got it, it's a shame really. I mean, yeah. for monster Munster Championship Games next year or, or Clark and Kerry, it's rarely you're gonna fill it. It's a fabulous facility. And you need you need on oh, forest, you know, you oh, not unfortunately because it's great for the city, but you need the likes of concerts and ancillary activities yeah. to the games to have it on there. And I suppose the one problem we have in Cork is that we don't have a centre of excellence. Uh, that other counties have for training facilities for all our teams so we're kind of still looking for places to get our teams to train around the county and the clubs try to accommodate them as best they can and we use UCC and MTU well fabulous facilities, yeah. but it's not it's not our own centre of excellence that like say so Kerry and Tyrone and Dublin have.
1: And is that because with the county so big, there's just disputes about where to put it, or what's what's? I'm not so sure. It it's, it's not a most, lack of space, a anyway. huge bit of
0: space down Parkyve, certainly because a huge a huge investment was made in Park And as I said, okay. I'm very very proud of when I go down there and show people it off, and I mean it it'll be, it's a fantastic venue when the games are on. But I don't think honestly it's it's being used enough to justify what was put into it, and that's that's just a fact of life.
1: Yeah, and that that maybe some of that money would have been better spent on those uh, training
0: facilities. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the one. I've read about the Tyrone Centre, I haven't been up there, I've read about it. Dublin are progressing all the time to this uh, uh, style of idea. And I don't, in the West of Ireland, in College Council have done a lot of work in that respect as well. And certainly I think from a point of view of, of training and preparing teams, you'd like to have a fabulous centre and proper pitches that can take wear and tear and you can mm. use your use your teams there all the time but football and hurling and, and the Camogie team obviously in leagues football
1: uh, what do you make of the three of four uh, provincial matches corks in the hurling i'm talking about are going to be on ga go i next think it's year.
0: unfair I, I i'm i think the concept of, of paid of the of, of ga go is a very good idea because obviously rt terrestrial tv can't show all games yeah. that's a fact of life but uh, I mean to, to label Cork with three of those major hurling games and we're almost certainly going to be playing Kerry in the football that's yeah. also pay per view so Oh right okay yeah, yeah. So that's if, 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 I think if Cork beat Limerick they're playing Kerry so I'd be hoping they would I'm not saying they will but that's another day's work but the likelihood is that we'll have, we'll have four of Cork's major games in hurling and football behind the paywall and I don't think that's fair it's targeting Cork because we're a big county with a big support and a lot of people around the world or around the, the country can't get to see it and they'll pay. So I mm. think that's, I think the idea, the concept of GA Go is very, very good but I think that's a lopsided um, imbalance against Cork.
1: Yeah, and they're, they're, it's funny because it's a repeat maybe of the imbalance last year, not necessarily against Cork but it was a lot of the, the great games in Munster. We're
0: on no. got we're, we're behind we're, that paywall. I mean, Limerick and Clare is going to... I, I, I presume hurling that's going to be on pay-per-views that I haven't read. on that circuit, certain, is it? I can't recall. I read the list of what's on. They're, that's a huge attraction in Ennis as well. So, I mean, I, they're, they're obviously targeting games where maybe they know that it's going to be a huge pay for They've got to justify GA goes well. Yeah. Again, I'm repeating myself. I know they can not show every game in RT and it's a facility we can... I think we can encourage they've got to get together though and make sure that these games are available the, the top games mm. with a huge public interest I mean Cork and Limerick's going to be a massive game here I think like yeah. Limerick are obviously a t- team up there on a high ped- pedestal and lots of people around the country tell me that we hope that Cork could be the one team yeah. my top limit so time will tell
1: Yeah you know. there, I, I, I've been saying that now as uh, much as it pains me to say it now as a Kenny man <laughs> but I, 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 I would pick Cork as my coming team now and like, I think I think when we get those profiles that are done at the start of the year by all the GA yeah. correspondents yeah. in the papers I suspect there'll be lots of mentions of Cork as I'm a coming team I'm not so team. sure
0: Every, everybody is saying that but we disappointed last year we won our first game but well, unfortunately we didn't build on it but I know Pat Ryan is a very very good manager and he will be in a position now to build on last year I think and mm. we we'll, we'll have a tough opening game against Waterford and Walsh Park so that's on pay-per-view as well, unfortunately. So we'll have to <laughs> make the trek to Waterford. Um, so the, the capacity in, in Walsh Park is quite small. But again, it's Waterford playing at home and they're entitled to their home games there. And I'd be doing the same if I was a Waterford man. But um, I think Cork have the capacity to, to threaten big time in the next couple of years. Yeah. I'd like it to be next year because every year gets harder. Yeah. You know? Um, have, have the underage structures... Uh, and, and
1: those problems that people talk about in Cork been addressed is, you know when you look at kind of uh, roles of honour I mean Cork were winning
0: nothing basically for years underage Well we've, had, we've, won the la- a couple, we've won under 20 all-earns the last couple of years we've yeah. won under 20 minor, uh, minor and under 20 football so there, have, there has been huge progress yeah. made and an amazing amount of work done in the uh, development squads as they call them uh, you can argue the merits in that but I, I think it's certainly on the right road Cork have, have a massive structure now in relation to underage and yeah. football I think it, it can only bear fruit at the end of the day. Limerick did it and uh, yeah. we saw the work that J.P. McMahon has had. Why were Corks to, yeah, to, to, to get the, going on that? I don't so. know. For some reason, we, we, we didn't embrace it as fast as other counties. But certainly over the last seven or eight years and I go walking every, every weekend out around MTU where a lot of the development squads are based. And I see the amount of work being put in by people. Yeah. It's phenomenal. And I think our under-20 teams, we've had fabulous uh, teams over the last three years no, it doesn't always follow that they make it at senior level, but I'm confident no. that a huge number of them are of the standard to make the transition. It doesn't always follow, and I think it can be a bit, of, a bit misleading. But, yeah, know, I she think didn't Limerick do three or Yeah, exactly, I a didn't get and didn't guarantee over for a couple Lucy of years. Team and stuff it's and it's, not, it's not a game, game of it, yeah. But I think Cork hurling and football, Cork hurling in particular football, hopefully, is going to be harder, because uh, I think the numbers, you know, the numbers, sorry, in Cork are quite high, but the standard to of football I wouldn't have thought it as high as the 120 hurling they, mm. they had a very good team over the last couple of years and I'd be shocked if four or five of them don't make it to jump into the senior team next year there are a couple of exceptional talents coming through there's that Michael Mullins uh, Ben Cunningham unfortunately we lost Ben O'Connor to Munster Rugby was a big loss to us yeah. but there are, there's another uh, Dear Healy another lad from this uh, Don a very good player there's a lot of talent there and I think s- certainly some of these players will come through Um uh, you know, when when people set records and break records, you
1: know, people will often remark others watching it, "Oh, we'll never see the likes again. It'll never be done again." And invariably, they're wrong. Records always get broken. Yours are unlikely to be broken because the dual player is kind
0: of is is a yeah. thing of the past at a lead level isn't it? Yeah well a number of us won dual all irelands I mean the Lord of Mercy and Teddy Mackey won two in, in the same year that will never ever again be done there will never again be players playing football and hurling senior with their counties Yeah, because it simply doesn't. the calendar and the structure of county seasons and the split seasons don't allow it now so you're not going to have players playing hurling and football in Cork with their, with their respective mm. teams management couldn't manage it anyway and so as I said the, unfortunately the likes of Teddy McCarthy who will be remembered fondly for what he achieved that's never going to happen again and that, that'll stay with Teddy for as long as, as we're around. Uh, uh, do you think we lose something in the game by not having dual players? Uh, I, I think certainly in Cork we do lose something from yeah. it and other counties who did have dual players. I think Dublin had a number of very good hurlers and footballers as well over the last couple of years they? Yeah. but again it's a, it's not a major decision in Dublin not to play football I mean you see what the impact their team has on, on the Dublin city and county is phenomenal so the draw of playing with them is obviously massive. Yeah, you know, Conor he was a yeah, super hurler, exactly. and
1: obviously came back to it. But Correct. I mean, during his peak
0: years, it, it was obvious to play football. I mean, Conor Call is a fantastic footballer as well. We've all seen him playing; he'd be on any county team. Cork, Limerick, yeah. Tip—they'd all give their right arm to have a player like him. But you know, that's that's the way life is. And uh, you, as I said, repeat myself—you will not see dual player inter county players ever again. It's hard at club level not to mind inter county. Mm. What's the highlight of your sporting career? Um, I suppose they had a couple of highlights when you're, when, you're, when you're asked that question. It's often trying to think back what was incredible. I suppose 1973 Cork football team winning the All-Ireland was phenomenal. Uh, at my age, 19, command the team and again, their football All-Irelands are so hard to win in Cork. We hadn't won it since 1945. That's a very, very special memory. Yeah. And then, you know, competing the three in a row uh, with Cork was Great achievement, we thought time until Limerick came along and Kilkenny and blew hey, us Kilkenny, all. Kenny, blew all we'll, we'll, Kilkenny came and along first have blown it. our records out <laughs> of water. But there was, it was a great feeling at the time. Great players I played with. So I suppose 73, really. And um, I think uh, 84 in Centenary Rear in Turles. John Fenton was captain. Yeah. John was great. Colonel of Cork gave great service. He was our captain that day. And then my last final, I suppose, I all remember it, 1986. My last one in Croke Park was a uh, great great feeling to have won my last All Ireland to opt out then, you know. Um, how? How did
1: management compared to
0: being a player? Uh, it, it's, it's fantastic in many ways. It's fantastic when you get a good run at it. Um, it's a difficult job because you're trying to manage so many different players and uh, trying to keep them happy. It's, you don't get paid for it. Obviously, it's a labour of love because I love being involved with car teams. So, I mean, I was lucky enough to culminate in winning an All-Earned in 1999. So yeah. That was a very, very special thing and I'll never forget that day. It was probably the greatest day of my sporting life. Really? Yeah, I think it was because the sense of satisfaction of seeing so many young players who i had known for a number of years yeah. playing a coach them at minor level and coming through and blending them with some of the great Cork players who had been there for a number of years. It was very special for me anyway and, it, and it's great to say in, in the vast majority of that team went on to win 3 or 4 Allerals yeah. afterwards. So that was great year for me as well I'll never forget that It
1: was a, it was a miserable day for me I was in the rain know, up know, on the hill know, watching it, it anyway got a lot of my friends for as well <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't get tickets uh, off me Well listen um, it's been a real pleasure chatting to you Jimmy and thanks a million pleasure. for coming into us No more uh, welcome Real, real pleasure enjoyed it and, uh, I hope you have an enjoyable Christmas I will indeed hopefully and, yeah And a great 2024 as well yeah. uh, thereafter Jimmy Barry Murphy uh, my guest this week for the Thursday interview that's our lot uh, if you have been listening we have been coming to you today from Cork a few mentions of Cork in my <laughs> conversation there with Jimmy <laughs> so I don't think I need to remind you where we're coming from from uh today
0: uh the hard shoulder with Kieran Cothey with Nissan weekdays from 4 on news talk